0: Hello, I'm Kurt Weitzel, and I want to welcome you to the coolest and most informative podcast in the Westfield, Indiana area. What's Up Westfield? What's Up Westfield is a local chat fest to dig deep into politics, development, and who's doing what, and anything else we can fit into 45 minutes of fun online. If you have a topic or an interest in being an amazing guest, please reach out to us, and we'd love to hear your ideas. Today's guest is Macy Troyer, the owner of Golding Social Media and the author of Ready, Mindset, Go. She's doing big things as a young entrepreneur and helping a bunch of others along the way. Please welcome Macy Troyer to the podcast. Hi, Macy. Welcome to What's Up Westfield.
1: Hello. Thank you so much for having me. What an honor.
0: (laughs) You're welcome. What would you normally be doing at 9.57 on a Tuesday morning in your life?
1: Yeah, definitely on my laptop doing some sort of work, but every day looks very different. So right now, before we hopped on a call, I was revising a contract for a client.
0: So are you a work at home, uh, work from home person?
1: Yeah, most of the time I work from home, but I am an extrovert and very extroverted. So Mm I love going to a coffee shop or a co-working space. So that's kind of my jam, too. But If I need to really focus, I'll work from home so I don't get distracted, wanting to Mm -hmm. strike up too many conversations when I'm out and about.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Or distract others, right? Sure. Yeah. (laughs) So what is your I have a place. What is your number one go-to? I want to get work done in public place.
1: So I don't have a go-to anymore. I used to work out of Serendipity Labs in Carmel Uh at the the But now I just kind of like hop around. I did like the uh-huh. new indie Coffee Roasters last week, yep. um, which was great. I do the Starbucks sometimes, the one um you know, near downtown, whatever that one's called. Uh-huh. And then um, I mean, that's mostly it. So okay. what about you? Give me a good hack because I don't
0: have so a my, place. My number one place, hands down, is the Renaissance Hotel Lobby in Carmel. There's a Starbucks, there's a restaurant if you really need to. It's nice. And there's just enough activity it, Activity so you don't feel alone. But it's not like chaos, like a Starbucks.
1: Okay, so I'm going to write this down. Okay, <laughs> thank you for sharing this hack. Uh-huh. That's okay. the
0: best thing I got today. That's all you're getting out of me, by the way.
1: <laughs> that's perfect. That's perfect.
0: Okay. All right, so my first thing, I have a problem with you. Okay. I got a bone to pick with you. Okay. What's your problem with pineapple on pizza?
1: It's not it's not a thing.
0: I it mean is as a pizza a guy.
1: Thing. I know as a pizza as a pizza person, you are. Uh-huh. So I like to keep my savory and sweet separate. And so for me, it's like I don't want to mix the two. And so like uh-huh. a like a marinara sauce or some side sort of like sauce with cheese and pineapple with uh-huh. my taste buds, it's like a hard no.
0: It's not happening, huh? No.
1: What about you? What's your favorite kind of pizza? Are you, are you, is your favorite pineapple?
0: Well, here's my problem I can't really eat good pizza anymore because of my dietary restrictions. Because literally every ingredient on pizza I can't eat. Yeah. Um, But I have discovered recently, um, uh, what are they called? What's the fish? What's the fish you put on pizza?
1: Um, Anchovies. Yes. anchovies. Anchovies
0: and pineapple
1: yeah <laughs> okay you're throwing me for a whirl here
0: yeah i saw it on tv and i thought i gotta try it And it's delicious and it stinks it's all the stuff that you'd think it was but it's insane and so you're not yeah. gonna be able to experience that you won't like it no matter what so well, I'm of so all the things you in your book like that's what i took from it was that you don't like pineapple on pizza <laughs> <laughs> all right so we got that out of the way um Why don't you start by telling us your backstory? Who are you? This is personal stuff. Like, who are you? Where are you from? Um, How'd you end up to live in Westfield as who you are now?
1: Okay. Happy to share. So I'll backtrack from my childhood years. So I'm a Hoosier gal through and through. I grew up in Southern Indiana, in Bedford, Indiana. So if you're a basketball fan, you're probably thinking, okay, Damon Bailey is like our basketball guy. Mm-hmm. So grew up in Bedford, Indiana, and um, on my mom's side, my grandparents immigrated from Egypt. So they went from mm-hmm. Egypt to Scotland, Scotland to New York, New York to Bedford. And my mm-hmm. grandpa was a physician, and he thought that the whole United States had different pockets, kind of like how New York does. So New uh-huh. York has like cultural pockets. So he thought the whole country was like that. So when he went to interview to be a physician and work in Bedford, he thought it was just the best thing. The people were so sweet and he thought it was going to be like a Scottish culture there. Uh And so him and my grandma moved with their three children and then they stayed there and have lived there their entire lives. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's how I ended up in Bedford because my my grandparents um, Mm -hmm. and on my dad's side, my dad is from Southern Indiana. So he's from Bedford. Um, and then my dad and my mom grew up together because my uncle, my mom's brother, and my dad were best friends growing up. So they were Congrats. always kind of in the same circle. That was, I guess, their, like, invisible string, if you will, a Taylor mm-hmm. Swift reference <laughs> of how they were kind of always awesome. connected. Yeah. So grew up in Bedford, had an awesome childhood and um, was very active. I did play basketball myself and did dance yeah. and gymnastics and just had like a great upbringing. I have a sister and just a close family so I was really grateful for that. Yeah. I was an average student so um school was really difficult for me and the reason why I'm saying this is because if anybody who is young is watching this and is struggling in school too, there's hope.
0: I <laughs> it's
1: not going to feel like this forever. There's there's another side to it which is amazing. So after I went to high school, graduated, I moved to Indianapolis and I went to IU at the Indianapolis campus. And the first year didn't know what I wanted to do necessarily. I was torn between nursing because I love people and taking care of people or business. And so about, you know, halfway through the semester, I was like, okay, business is more for me because I was doing the exploratory classes. And then, um, when I was in college, I really found my, my, uh, like my identity and what works for me and what my values are as an as a young adult and who I want to become so college was really pivotal for me for maturing sure. and mm-hmm. kind of yeah just like coming into myself and understanding who I want to be as an adult so college was awesome and then I met my husband Luke when I was in college he was not in college but we connected um, okay. and after I graduated from college I moved up to South Bend which is where my husband Luke was living at the time and so moved to South Bend, so I kept going north, which means it keeps getting colder. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, right. Right. Wait, so, well, so was Luke at why? How did you meet your husband that lived in South Bend when you were at IU at College?
1: Okay, so this is a fun story. We mm-hmm. met online.
0: Cool. All right. Yep. Nice. So we met
1: online through, um, you know, do you want do you want the story?
0: Sure. Yeah. Okay.
1: I'll make it short and sweet. So there's All a right. dating app. It's called Bumble.
0: Yeah, I'm not I on was on
1: it, yeah. Yeah, I was I was on it but I wasn't using it. But my profile was up and active. And so he was actively trying to find a wife. He's he was you know he's <laughs> 2 years older than me. So he's out of college trying to trying to secure the wife.
0: Mm-hmm. So um,
1: he found my profile but on Bumble the woman has to message the man and I wasn't using the app. I just forgot to deactivate my account. Mm-hmm. So he found me online. He found me based on my first name macy and kelly school of business and googled and then found me on facebook and found me on instagram yeah so it was a whole series of creeping so you got to be careful out there you might find your husband so
0: (laughs) you had no idea you were being tracked down did you
1: yes and i'm so glad that i that i was because i wouldn't have known (laughs) that he existed unless it was for you know a bumble and the internet of things so grateful for that
0: (laughs) Well, we're glad. He's a cool guy. Well, I'm a big fan of Luke, so.
1: Yeah, thanks. Yeah, he's he's pretty awesome.
0: All right, so you move up, you graduate. What yes. was your major in, your degree in?
1: So I triple majored in um, marketing, business management, and international studies. Okay. So my I knew I was going to graduate and do something in the marketing space. I wanted to do market research initially. Um, and then when I met Luke, things kind of changed because of the job market in South Bend and what was being offered there. So my first job out of college, I worked for Cressy Commercial Real Estate um, in the commercial real estate space, which I know that Mm -hmm. you appreciate. So I was a market strategist there, which was um, like a glorified term for business development. Um, But I also did event planning, social media marketing, internal communications. It was a really fun first job. I'm forever grateful for the experience that I had there. Yeah, it was a blast. And they're a company that if you say hey, like, I want to do this. They're not going to say no, they'll say, well, like, if you think that it's going to work, and you've done your research, let's try it. Mm -hmm. So any really almost any idea that I had, they would say, yeah, let's try it. So I was grateful for that, because it helped with my growth. And so I was there for three years, um, almost three years, and then 2020 hit. And I I was going to become a commercial real estate broker. Um, Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I started having other people in the community in South Bend saying, Hey, we see what you're doing on social media. Will you come work for us? Will you do some consulting work for us? And so Mm -hmm. I also had my idea of starting a business. And so I had the two going on at the same time. And then my first, the first day I stopped working, my salaried position was March 1st of 2020. Okay. And so I was going into brokerage and I was pursuing Goldie full time, trying to do both of them and seeing what one works or what one I, I like better or how I can serve people better. And then, like March 16th or 15th is when COVID happened. And so um, it was really hard for me to break into commercial real estate after yeah. that. And, um, Goldie started doing really well because more than ever businesses needed communication. Mm-hmm. Um, so it became very apparent, you know, within 15 days, okay, I'm going to pursue this full-time and, and not do brokerage. And so that's so where what I mentioned- was
0: at. What was it like, like on your, cause you're trying to start something on the side. I didn't do that. And so you're trying to start something on the side, but you're working a full-time job. Where was your mind at during the day? Um. It, yeah. for me it would be really hard to chase the job when I have something I care like, like doing like the market. Yeah.
1: So I was passionate about both. Um, I really loved my employer I, I love them even now they're amazing. And so mm-hmm. I I just had to separate because I had to be a good I had to be a good employee and I had to do mm-hmm. good work during the day and then what I would do is I'd go to the gym after work so that was kind of like my mental break of separation then I'd uh-huh. cook and then I'd work all night on Goldie. So that was okay. like six months and it was, it was pretty tough. Um, but, you know, I don't, I don't have children right now. And at that point I didn't have children either or animals. Yeah. And I was very <laughs> determined to make this work. And so there's really no excuse. You know, the only limitation is myself at that point, And I was aware of it and wanted to make it work. So you just got to put in the work and hustle for a few months. And
0: right. you
1: know, that's the only thing I could do. That was my only option. No one was going to create it for me. So.
0: So what was the what's in the name of your company? Was that the first name?
1: So the first name was Blossom social media. Okay. And it was spelled B-L-O-S-S-M. And I rebranded um the spring of 2023.
0: Okay, to Goldie. And what's the what's behind that name?
1: Yeah. So um Goldie is spelled G O A L D Y, like goals. Mm-hmm. And there's two reasons why we we named it. First, I just love the name Goldie and it's unique the way that you spell it. So with our SEO, our search engine optimization, and now we're getting into the nerdy digital marketing stuff, uh-huh. that just means we, get, we don't have to compete with other names that are spelled similar to us. So it's spelled so unique that with SEO, we can help beat out our competitors with certain keywords. Uh-huh. So that was one reason. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Some people are probably like, Goldie, why did you spell it like that? But it works for us. Um, And then the second reason is just because of the name, the word goals is in it. G-O-A-L. So I like that because we always say we help our clients achieve their goals, their business goals. And then our tagline is get the Goldie. So gold, also like shiny gold trophy, also Uh achieve goals. So it means a couple of things. And it's just a it's a fun word to say.
0: So, and when I was starting my company, you know, I didn't have any exposure and you have to come up with a name or what a lot. I don't think a lot of people think about the name as their marketing. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of times their name just describes their business. Mm -hmm. And so I do like that you were intentional in coming up with a name that you could, it also was working for you, not just as an identifier. So I don't think a lot of people think, I mean, mine relates to, you know, 70 year old men. So it's not really, (laughs) it's not for (laughs) SEO at all. So, sure. Um, so I think that's cool. Did you have any pushback or initially with that name because it's not a word we know? Um, yeah. Or did everybody kind of like it?
1: So I I ran it by some. Um, I I ran it by Luke, of course, by some family mm-hmm. members, and and it wasn't a quick process. It was you know two months of revising and you know I go I'd go to the gym or go work out and I'd have an idea based on a song that I heard or something and I'd write it down mm-hmm. real quick. So I played with it a lot and. I just wanted people to feel confident saying Goldie. So I had different mm-hmm. ways of spelling it. And some people were saying, is it go Aldi? And I was like, no, it's not the grocer Aldi. <laughs> like, so I had to like finesse it a little bit to get uh-huh. it uh, where people felt confident saying it. Um, yeah. But as far as pushback goes, the name before was pretty feminine, Blossom. So yep. the pushback, you know, there's not much to compare it to because it is not as feminine as blossom. And that's what I wanted to get away from, but I still wanted it to be like a fun, unique name that really stands out, you know, as Mm -hmm. a digital marketing company, you have to be able to stand out. And so with a thoughtful name, that was one in our, so that's, that's how my DBA name is Goldie, but my, my entity name, my LLC is papyrus group and papyrus is uh, it's an old plant. Uh, It's an Egyptian plant that you can uh you can write on. So back in the day they used to write um you know they would they would write letters on on a papyrus. And
0: papyrus. so
1: we're yes we're creative we write we yeah. create and with my background being Egyptian I was like I love papyrus group.
0: Yes. It is a great word though too. It's fun to say papyrus.
1: Is it is it? Yeah
0: it is <laughs> I mean I put a little papyrus on that please yeah. <laughs> um, all right so you start your company, you're very, you're, how old are you when you're starting your starting Blossom and Goldie? How old are you? 23. Okay, so you're 23 years old. Your world is 23-year-olds, right? Um, the marketing space is full of people from young to old. Who was going to be your target market? Who did you think, man, they need help the most when you were starting your company and getting into it and start uh, selling yourself?
1: Sure. So I, I didn't have a specific niche that I was going after. I -hmm. could look at their social media platforms and their communication and say, Hey, I can support them. Um, Mm -hmm. My very first client that I had, and they're still a client today, which I'm so grateful for. They were going through some issues with their reputation. Um, There were rumors in the market.
0: I can relate.
1: (laughs) Right. Yeah. (laughs) Unfortunately, I'm so sorry. (laughs) There were, yeah, some rumors in the marketplace that they were going to go belly up. And so, okay. My first client was a as a big client to take on because I had to develop a plan of, you know, we're not going belly up, but not directly say that. Um so it was a fine line and then also what are we doing now to make prospects, customers and employees, you know, confident in our business that we're not going anywhere, we're actually innovating, innovating and growing. Um so that was like my first client and what was fun about that was just being able to refine their reputation in a brighter, better way, especially in 2020, um, when people were really unsure what was going to happen to a lot of these companies. So that was a very fun first client. So for me, what, you know, even now, I, if I have a prospect that comes to me and says, Hey, like, will you work with us? I ask them, you know, a lot of different questions to see if I can really support them and if our team can support them. Um, Mm -hmm. But also because what we do is so visual and it's like a it's a portfolio and a resume for every company their social media mm-hmm. channels and whether we like it or not they're going on there so i can quickly kind of take a look and say okay i can support you based on your target market your goals your vision or i can't so
0: mm-hmm. I'm,
1: we're industry agnostic at this point and we've worked with over 30 different industries but that's what makes it fun because we're always learning
0: yeah is there an industry that you've got that you've worked with that you just haven't enjoyed and or you just don't feel like it fits with your Style of branding and marketing.
1: Mm-hmm. That's a great question. So we've turned down jobs because they don't align with our values and our mm-hmm. mission. Um. So that's that's a no brainer for me. We, yeah. you know, I sleep well at night, and so can my team. If something is not, you know, ethical or pushing a positive message for people to be their best, fullest version of themselves. So I would say, you know, I've turned down jobs so I didn't have to feel like that. Um. Mm-hmm. There are definitely industries that are a little bit more dry. And the fun part about that is, is the challenge of making it relevant, cool, fun Mm -hmm. is awesome because there's a blank slate here. All of your competitors, they don't have anything interesting to say. It's all dry Mm -hmm. and boring. So we get to come in with this creative lens and just blow them out of the park and make them look amazing and become industry leaders. So do they so immediately no. get,
0: re- do they immediately feel the impact of that? Do you get the best feedback on clients like that?
1: Yeah. So it really depends on the, the scenario of what they're going through. If they're dealing with, you know, kind of like more of a PR reputation issue, mm-hmm. then, you know, that takes a few months to, to clean that up and to make mm-hmm. sure people in the community are spreading better rumors or they stop the rumors completely because of our messaging. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it really depends on the client when they see an ROI. So social Mm -hmm. media is more of a long-term game. Um, The first three posts, maybe you'll get more impressions. We always guarantee you will get more impressions on the content Uh we do. Um, But we can't say, hey, within the first month, you're going to get 10 leads. This is not paid. We're not paying people to you know, drive traffic to your website or call your sales team. So it's based on us dating your audience and understanding what they like, what they don't like, what do they engage with? What questions do they have? What messages are they sending us? And with that data, then we create content.
0: So your standard client, what are the like the first handful of services you provide to them?
1: So we do social media marketing and management. So um, we, we take all of their social and we'll own it and do all of the writing, all of the graphics. We'll do all the videos, messages, reviews. We take care of everything on social media. So your sales and marketing team, whoever's responsible for that does not have to worry about that at all. Um, we'll take care of all of that. We also do consulting, training, workshops, Um, I might even do a live event this year based on some demands Hmm. that I've seen of people wanting to learn more about social media marketing. So So I might do like a live event with, um, training on like, you know, social media best practices. If you're wanting to manage, you know, your own channel better or manage a channel or land an internship, for example. So Mm -hmm. we offer a variety of services, um, Our specialty is social media, but because of demand and people giving us a compliment saying, hey, we love your website. Who did it? We Uh did it. So (laughs) we're like, well, you know, if people are really, you know, thinking that this is a great website, maybe we should consider offering website services. You know, Mm -hmm. we did a great job at it. People are saying this is the best website I've ever seen and complimenting it. So we do also offer website services and email marketing services. Um, And we're also bringing on a videographer here soon. So they'll be able to handle all of the content creation for clients um, and be able to fly out to them or drive to them and serve them in those needs too. So we're growing with the needs of our clients and what they need. We want to make it easy for them to just say, yep, like we've been working with Goldie for three years, two years. Mm -hmm. Like we trust them. They know who we are. They know what we need. They know our competitors and they'll take care of it. So that's our overall goal.
0: So traditional. So for the most part, do people leave their social media with you, or do they try to take it back? No, like they once you, it with us. they leave it with you because yeah. yep. you've proven how easy it is to let someone else manage it and how much more effective it is. Is that what? Yeah. you just prove it real quick to them, and then they don't want They don't want to deal with it anymore.
1: Yeah, exactly, okay. and. When you think about like if a, if a business's goal is to scale and you've hired mm-hmm. like a vice president of sales and marketing, they've got some big goals. Isn't it worth outsourcing something that takes up a lot of their brain space? It's making them frustrated and it's slowing them down from, you know, hitting their revenue goal for the year. Like it's yeah. when you frame it like that, it makes so much sense. Oh, yeah. Why would I not just pay an agency to take care of it mm-hmm. Then I don't even have to think about it and I can focus on getting more clients for our business?
0: Yeah. It yes, really so. is a distraction for so, um, especially companies that are expanding people wise and, and their space is growing. So it is a distraction. So
1: Yeah. And, and what we do too is like if they're wanting to grow, what we can do is create messaging for them about their culture and hiring and. Mm -hmm. you know, share testimonials from their team members. So we support them with whatever business goals that they have too. So we're really coming in as a marketing partner to them. Mm -hmm. um, And not just, you know, somebody in the corner that you never talked to. We're like, Hey, we saw this, that we got a Google alert about, you know, your business name popped up and it was this, is this accurate? Can we share this? So it's a very collaborative effort.
0: All right. So you start, you start Goldie. You are cranking along. You've got a bunch of clients. You got a team. By the way, how big's your team? Who who is
1: We're six now.
0: Okay. Six full time or six like yeah, so on we, the call.
1: They're they're contractors. So they, okay. they they're account managers, um, but they, they exclusively work for Goldie. So okay. that's really awesome.
0: That is nice. All right. So then you're you're doing you're killing it, you're uh having fun, and of all of a sudden you decide you want to do more work and so you decided to write a book is this your first book
1: it is my first book yes
0: actually this might sell more podcast views if i cover um (laughs) so So, um you write this book why did you decide to write a book and actually get it to publishing and go through all the effort to make it the real deal
1: yeah so there are a few reasons why i wrote it um there was a specific moment where I remember when I first started my business that summer, I went on a family vacation. Our whole family goes. They go to Hilton Head Island, South Carolina, and I didn't have to ask for a PTO. I worked on vacation, but it wasn't working as in like, oh, I don't like this. I was so inspired and like encouraged to just like get mm-hmm. things done and I'd go to the beach. And I just felt so empowered that I took the leap and now I'm on this vacation. And so I was like, I want anyone who has ever thought about starting a business to feel encouraged and have the steps to do it because mm-hmm. it is, it's so amazing. Like I feel free, I'm inspired, I'm happy, I'm serving clients. Clients are happy. So I wanted to empower people to do, you know, to start their own business, which was one. Mm-hmm. I also had people asking me, Hey, you started your business at 23, how did you do it? You know, I'm scared, I'm afraid of what people will think of me. What if people laugh at me? What if I fail? And if you are out there and you're thinking, "Well, I want to start a business, but what if I fail?" If you fail, you just go, you have to go get a job. Yeah. So it's like very yeah.
0: simple. <laughs> yes. Right? It's like That's right. If you fail, yeah. you have to go get a job.
1: That's it. You have to serve people in a different way and you, you know, you'll have to go get a job from some somewhere. And if that's you're the worst risk, then that's easy.
0: Were you a book person? Were you uh, you read a lot of books? You read a book that helped you get started, or is this? Were you not a book person?
1: Yeah, Buy I'm a book. Not a book person. I mean, what's a book person? Like, I I read a handful of books a year. I'm not uh-huh. like I don't have book reading goals. I listen uh-huh. to podcasts. I'm a big Tony Robbins fan.
0: Uh huh. You
1: know, I read online, but I'm not. You know, I'm not setting goals and for reading books, but I do like, that's what read. I'm
0: talking about. You're not a, you're not really a huge go to the bookstore, physical book. Yeah. And so you chose that to yeah. do as your medium. Why did you choose a, a book, a physical book as your distribution for this?
1: Yeah. So I, I was in, encouraged by some people to start a YouTube channel Okay. with my work. I'm always online. I'm always on the internet. I'm always uh-huh. you know on a screen. And so I thought, okay, I don't want to do that. Um, and I, I started journaling about my process of entrepreneurship um, and just kind of like the hardships. And what I realized is a theme that it was like all mental for me. And so that's also another reason why I wanted to, to write the book is because I had, you know, some, some journal entries, if you will, about my mm-hmm. experience. and was like, wow, if I just like keep continuing this, I can probably divide this into chapters and an outline mm-hmm. and really build it out just to be a book.
0: You know, I, about, well, like 20 years ago. It was really cool to write a book. Yeah. It seemed like everyone starting a company was writing a book, and I I actually started doing And I it was so negative and sad because <laughs> I was like dwelling on the the, the problems yeah. of starting a company because that's what a, was probably overwhelming me, right? Yeah. But so it was nice. It's a nice, refreshing uh, book. You talk a lot about self esteem and yeah. finding your prince charming or princess charming to her son. Um, yeah. I read it and I thought poor Luke because I thought he's the prince charming. But what are you what are you talking about there? You seem like a confident person. Um are you just telling a story or or what are you why are you relating that?
1: Yeah, so um so the first one is self-belief, self-esteem is a must. You cannot yeah. sell if you do not believe in your abilities to serve people. You know, the way if I don't have self-confidence and self-belief, I'm not going to be able to get clients. And if I do, it's maybe just because I was able to fake it. But I, you won't be able to retain clients because your mind is going to think, oh, I can't do this. Oh, I didn't do this right. Like you're going to be on edge. So that's the first one. The second one is the whole Prince Charming. The reason why I wrote that is I actually envisioned somebody that I I know and grew up with. I had this person in mind Um, Because I've I've seen some things about this person and I've heard some things from close friends of mine about where this person is going. And they are leaning on other people to form their success or to give them money or make money for them. Mm -hmm. Which is sad because that's not from a place of empowerment, um, Mm -hmm. self-confidence, self-belief. That is having other people write your story for you and I also am online, so I read a lot of trends of what's going on. Um, mm-hmm. There's, you know, there was last year, and even in 2020 as well, there was this theme of um, being a sugar baby. I don't know if you've ever heard of this, but no. it's yep. So it's it's really tragic, honestly. And the fact that it was a trend and people were encouraging this is astonishing, and just telling huh. us where our where people's heads are at and the lack of self-confidence and empowerment they have in themselves. So what it is, is they will, they will. This is PG,
0: PG, by the way, this show. Yes, this is PG. Okay.
1: Yes. (laughs) But they, they have, you know, like a, they're the sugar baby and there's somebody that's responsible for, you know, taking care of them, giving them money. It's not to do certain acts that are not appropriate, but just in general, it's like you have this confidant that takes care of you. And if that's what you want, sure. But I think that that takes away who you're really supposed to be and the story that you want to write in your life. But if you don't have a vision for your life, then you're going to have somebody else write the story. So that's why I wrote about Prince Charming. Overall, no one can create the life that you want for yourself. No one can put in your head who you believe about yourself and the story that you tell yourself except for you. Even if you have the most amazing person in your life, like I have Luke. Mm-hmm. It's not Luke's responsibility to write my story and make me happy and yeah. push me to start businesses and, and become my fullest version of myself. So that's that was debunking the prince and princess charming is because I want to empower people to not wait for somebody to come along and make life easier or better for them. You can decide today that you're going to make your life better and easier and more fulfilling right now without waiting on anybody else.
0: So, um I'm trying to figure out how to become a sugar baby, just so you know. Um, <laughs> you <laughs> that sound me really up. easy. To, you can write my book, Jen. <laughs> um, so, um, all right. So then you start talking about finding the clarity to move that forward. So what are like some steps that you tell people just to start with out of habits to go from not wanting to be a sugar baby yep. to becoming your own Prince Charming and gaining the clear clarity to do, to write your own book?
1: Mm-hmm. There are so many steps in the book. Um, There are so many things that you can do. And it's a lot of introspection of, okay, where am I at? Where do I want to go? But if you can't even create a vision, you have to start thinking of who, who am I? What are my beliefs? What are my values? So thinking about like back to the basics of what do I value in my life? What is my mission? Why am I put here on this earth? And you can develop mantras, affirmations from that if you need to retell a different story that you're telling yourself about yourself. Um, If your goal is to start a business, but you don't know what it is, what I would encourage you to do is be more aware of what it is when you're talking to somebody that really lights you up and gets you excited. So is it, Hey, I'm explaining how this cup stays warm on the inside and I'm explaining all of the products on the inside that makes it warm. And that just gets me like super excited to talk about all the pieces and and this mm-hmm. at the bottom. Like, What is it that makes you excited? Is it explaining something or is it technology or what industry? And that's one way that you can think, okay, would I actually like to do this every single day? Could I create a business from this? And then you got to do a ton of market <clears throat> research and test the products and come up with the price points and manufacturing. So there's a lot of steps, but I think the very first step if someone wants to start a business but doesn't know what they want to start is to think of what gets me excited to talk about. Because when you're in a business, as you know, Kurt, you're in it every mm-hmm. single day. You're thinking about it all the time. So yeah. you don't want to get burnt out. And so something that right. gets you excited to talk about. And what mm-hmm. about you? What would what would you recommend for
0: somebody? Um, I I would say study that I always tell people when they're getting started, learn become an expert on it. I think it's real easy to be um So to create good habits of studying it and be like, you were talking about this cup, knowing the detail, the specifics of that cup and taking the time to actually know what you're talking about. Cause there's a lot of people out there just selling, you know, themselves really. And the excitement. And so I just think it's becoming an expert on something. Um, I'm not a big do what you love person. I'm not a, I'm a, in the end it all becomes work. Yeah. Uh, But I think uh, if you, like you're saying, get excited about it, it'll, it definitely will drive you a lot further in the beginning than mm-hmm. if it's just desperation. So
1: yeah, totally. I got, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry, Kurt.
0: I had nothing. I wasn't going on. You okay. go.
1: <laughs> I think it's so interesting that you said you're not a do what you love person because
0: mm-hmm.
1: I think maybe like you're you're jiving what you're supposed to be doing. Because I can feel that you love what you do. You love mm-hmm. your customers. You love serving in the way that you do. Mm-hmm. For me, it's like, if you don't love what you do, mm-hmm. because one of my personal values is fun. And people mm-hmm. kind of like laugh at that. They're like, wait, fun is a value? Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. Like, I want to mm-hmm. have fun in my life. So for me, because my one of my values is fun, I have to love what I do. So I think mm-hmm. that for me, it's also thinking: what are my values, and how how can I live that out every day with the work that I do, and be able to make money and serve people and feel fulfilled.
0: Mm-hmm. It's true, though, and and when I say it, I'm saying um, just because you love, I love tacos, yeah, or I love to cook. So I've always thought we blend a make your hobby your career, and I like make my hobby my hobby. Not that yeah. I have any hobbies, just because you love your hobby. Um, Does't mean it should be your career, and I think a lot of people get caught up with um you know this dream of well, because I really love being a hockey player, I'm going to make that my career yeah. and in the end, it's probably not it's a terrible idea and but if you are really good at something and you pick something with some success, I feel like that makes you happy and then you enjoy that work
1: mm-hmm. and so um, I,
0: it's like backwards to me yeah Does that, make sense that makes or sense. Not? Yes, absolutely. that's why I don't write a book.
1: <laughs> Thanks for explaining, because now I get it. But you're you're <laughs> right. Like just because you like something doesn't mean that you should mm-hmm. pursue it or that's going to be a viable business idea overall.
0: Yeah. Oh. Is um, so you wrote this book and it seems sort of like a study guide, and it's you can take notes and answer, write answers. Do you would you envision this being something people look back to and reread or or refer to when they're going through a different time of change or something?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. So this book isn't only for aspiring business owners. As I've Mm -hmm. been told, this isn't just from me as the author. And people have told me, wow, like you can use this in life, you know, just to encourage you and inspire you to take action in your life. Chapter eight is pretty heavy on starting your business. So chapter one through seven is all still very applicable for anybody Mm -hmm. who's just wanting to take action or or kind of see themselves again, like, wow, like, I just need a refresher to feel empowered in my life again. This is mm-hmm. a really good read for it. And it's called Ready Mindset Go, because before you take the leap to do anything, you got to get your mind right. Or mm-hmm. you're going to experience burnout, you're going to be mad, you're going to feel a resent- resentment towards you know the job or somebody something. So mm-hmm. it's checking off all of those things and doing a lot of work um, internally before you take that leap. So when you do, it is, you're fully present. You're fully able to serve your clients. You're just, you're the best version of yourself. And that that's what my hope
0: is for these people. So I failed the best version checklist, by the way, when I went through it. It's okay. Yeah. So I'm working <laughs> on it. I'm working on it. I got anger problems. Um. All right. So it seems like, and I know a lot of this is your book, but I like your book and, um, one of the things is I have a 17-year-old daughter, and I'm, in, I'm in, not involved, but I see I'm around a lot of her engagements with other kids her age, high school kids. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued by the high school kids and their aspirations now. Because when I was in high school, uh, we talked about becoming a basketball player or going to work at post, you know, the manufacturing plant. So, um, and there's a lot of resources for men and c-level executives and things like that do you um see this as a great a good tool for young women and are there are there other great tools for young women in out there that we don't know about
1: yes i I, love
0: terrible terrible wording by the way
1: this is great i i get it i understand whatever Uh we just. So thank you for asking. Um, Mm -hmm. I have a huge heart for young women um, Mm -hmm. because I was one, you know, and I've got cousins and I've got younger friends that I mentor, but I also think of them as a friend as well. Um, So the book 100% is for young people as well. So I would say, you know, freshman year or so, they could start reading it in Mm -hmm. high school. Yeah. you know, of course, they could read it younger, but there's there's some pretty deep topics in there. And so if it's their first time ever hearing it, they might be like, oh, you know, maybe mm-hmm. I should talk to my parents and understand what our values are a little bit more, for mm-hmm. example. Um, so, yes, I definitely think so. That it would be a great book for young women to read, um, especially Chapter Three, Romanticizing Your Life, debunking mm-hmm. the myth about Prince Charming and waiting for somebody to create your future for you. Um As far as like resources, Kurt, are you asking about like local resources for young women or what what specifically?
0: If you were a 15 year old girl Mm -hmm. and you're, you don't know what you're going to do and you're excited and you want to figure things out, where would you be finding resources? Where would you be looking for some answers or some guidance, whether it's a book or online or a mentor? What are some things that you would suggest for these young ladies?
1: Yeah, so this was me when I was 15. I didn't know what I wanted mm-hmm. to do, what I mm-hmm. how I wanted to work after I graduated. Um so I'm very grateful for my family because they kind of they always said you can you can do whatever you want. You can become whatever you want. Like mm-hmm. I wanted to be an astronaut for a long time. And my my Still dad good. was like always said you can become an astronaut if you wanted to be an astronaut. I also wanted to be like a famous singer. So, you know, all the things. Mm-hmm. So my <laughs> parents were really helpful for me. So if somebody doesn't have parents that encourage them or or say, hey, like I've got a connection, you should go job shadow for a day or, you know, watch some YouTube videos about day in the life of being a nurse, for example, or being an accountant. Um, I would recommend finding a mentor, um, a mentor that you think is cool, uh, a mentor that you look up to, because if, if you don't think that they are, I guess the word, maybe I should choose a different word than cool. But if you don't like respect them, I or like think that yeah, I see myself being like them or I want to be Mm -hmm. like them, then you're probably not going to be excited when you meet up with them for coffee or chat with them on the Mm -hmm. phone. Um, getting a mentor, I would say absolutely doing research online. I mean, with the internet, you can see behind the scenes of people's lives at work. You don't even have to go job shadow somebody specifically. If you just want to take a look before you go job shadow, you can watch YouTube videos. There's TikTok out there. Um, As I mentioned earlier, I really like Tony Robbins. I think maybe he's a little bit more uh, mature for a fifteen-year-old. So I mean, forty-seven.
0: He's more mature for a (laughs) forty-seven-year-old. Not true. (laughs) Not true.
1: Um, I watched "I'm Not Your Guru." It's on Netflix. I watched that when I was in college, and it's a Tony Robbins. um, It's it's Tony Robbins at his event. When after I watched that, I think it I think it changed my life forever because of how I could see living life intentionally as so important. I don't know if it's appropriate for someone who's 15, but I think a senior in high school mm-hmm. would totally get it and, you know, resonate with it. Um, so I would say Tony Robbins, I'm not your guru for, you know, older people who are in high school.
0: Who, what, well, and, um, I don't, you know, it's cause I don't know, but you bring up Tony Robbins. I think of the coaches on YouTube, right? The people coaching people, there's not a lot of women and, Right. I'm surprised there's not a lot. And there's the, who's the Sadie Robinson? I would say she's kind of a oh. life coach, kind of, right? Yeah, you're right. Um, not that I've ever read anything she's ever written, but um, I see her as inspirational. Yeah. Um, but other than that, it just, and I know they're out there. It seems like we're definitely lacking in the world of female entrepreneurial mentoring online and, and shows. Do you mm-hmm. think that's true or am I just not a woman?
1: No, I think Kurt, you're spot on. And I've actually never thought about it until you brought up this point right now. And I'm not sure why it's like that, where they're mostly men who are, you know, known as the coaches or have like a big Mm -hmm. platform. I'm not really sure why. And I hope that we see a wave of more females, especially with social media marketing and Instagram and TikTok Mm -hmm. and using those as outlets, that we see more females.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: That'd be amazing. Because I could,
0: couldn't you think of a hundred men on YouTube right now or Twitter or whatever? And then Grant Cardone screaming at me. So um, yeah, yeah. so I would love to, and I know there's women out there and there's, I know they're out there. I just, I think it's definitely lacking, definitely an opportunity for young girls these days to be leaders in industry. So So, um, what are some of the biggest struggles? So you write the book, you probably get lots of feedback. You're three years into your business. Um, What are some of the biggest struggles people are having with their companies right now, starting up right now?
1: Mm Mm-hmm. From what I've heard, data I know, or just from my own experience.
0: No, what do you think? Yeah, just what do you? What are you? What's your opinion? What What's something hard about starting a business right now?
1: Yeah, um, from like an extrovert standpoint, I would say it feels kind of lonely. Mm -hmm. Um, And I wrote about that. It's It's so important when you start a business. Don't just go in and like go to town and try to get things done. Get out. Network, stay in contact with people, you know, get a mentor, join groups, you know they can be professional groups, but don't just go all in and just be at home all the time. you have to network anyways in your business um, And although you're like, I'm getting so much work done, you got to go out and about. Um, I would say self-belief is another big part of people who haven't been successful in their business um, because maybe they're not able to learn new skills and tools because they're like, well, I don't think I'm gonna be getting any better. So they're not like sharpening themselves and mm-hmm. you know, enhancing their professional development because they don't believe in what they can achieve because they don't have a vision for their business or a vision for their life. So I would say like self-belief is huge. Uh, maybe the story they're telling about themselves is spiraling out of control. And one day they're like, I'm not doing this anymore. Hmm. And and I've had scenarios where I started telling myself stories about Oh, my clients don't think I'm working because I didn't respond to their emails, but I am working. I'm just not responding to emails because I'm working on their content. And so if I kept telling myself that story, I would be super anxious all the time. And so it's just small things like that. You have to be confident in what you're doing, the services you're delivering, the product that you're delivering, and feel good about that. And what do you think, Kurt? I mean, you're you're dealing with customers all the time.
0: Uh-huh. Um, there's definitely a disconnect. Um, I think... We've gotten really good and capable at working independently and remotely. Mm-hmm. And I ha- I feel as it used to be in commercial real estate that it was all about your relationships. It was knowing every broker, knowing every building owner, knowing the, the tenants. Mm-hmm. And now it's not. Now it's just getting in the way of a deal, mm-hmm. You know, finding your way in the middle of a transaction. And there's not much relationship building going on like it used to be. And so I think that's it. The networking, the, the good networking has gone by the wayside too. And events that are um, designed around good networking and making good connections, I think are very far few between, few mm-hmm. and far between. Um, so I think that's probably the hardest thing. We got really comfortable with this and we yeah. got really comfortable email and texting. I mean, I've got clients i never met and yeah, they're perfectly fine with texting and getting through that. But you know what, there's probably, there's another broker out there that could one up me all day long because my relationship is just online or a text.
1: Yeah. And that's so true. We that miss that. True. Yeah. We have mm-hmm. to go the extra mile to, to make them aware of who we are and why to work mm-hmm. with us. Yeah. So I, get it. I, you know, same with me. I, some clients I've never seen in person. I've only zoomed because they're yeah. across the country. Mm-hmm. And so, Yeah, there could be somebody else that comes through. And so I think that's, that's another big part is how can you go the extra mile for the client? So yes, this is in our contract, A, B, C, and D, but I also throw in three little more things to just help you be better than your competition and give you a competitive edge Mm -hmm. because I want you to win, but I also want to be more of a partner with you um, Mm -hmm. and not just do these things and check them off. I go above and beyond. So I'm sure you agree. That's like one good way to stay sticky with a client. Is make sure you're giving them more than they asked for
0: is uh where is the action at if you were a 25 year old starting a business um where is the networking going on that you know of that is quality networking it's hard isn't I, it
1: i don't know if i'm the person to ask that question so i would so say when
0: do yeah. you you weren't around when i started there was a so chambers historically have been well historically have been terrible places for networking. It was about chicken and a presentation. Of course, that's all changed. When I started my company, there was an organization called rainmakers, which was like a modern day. Uh, uh, what's the anyways, they trade business and it was all about making connections with each other. And it was intentional. They put you in a room and they made you talk to a stranger. Yeah. And, um, I loved it. And I built, I had to build my own power circle locally, but I use that model Mm -hmm. and now we have some chamber stuff going on, but, uh, do you think there is an opportunity for young people to create their own networking, uh, programs and events their own circles still?
1: Yeah, I'm sure there's an opportunity. I, I owe a lot to networking and connecting with people for why I'm here now, uh, with Uh Goldie and how I've been able to scale fairly quickly. Um, I think it really depends on, I think networking quality depends on what you're offering. So I need to talk with business owners. Um, And so for me, with my business, going to like a young professionals event, which Mm -hmm. I enjoy personally just for fun. But I wouldn't say that's great networking for my business Mm -hmm. all the time. Um, But it is fun. I also, I go to chamber events with Westfield and think they're awesome. I love participating Mm -hmm. in those and I've made great connections and it feels good to know people in the community and Mm -hmm. people talk about people. So it's not just, Hey, if there's no decision makers, I'm not going. I think there is an opportunity for young people, but I don't know how they would be able to differentiate themselves from other groups. So I've been part of Synergize. Um, I don't know if you've heard of that group. They mostly do work in Carmel. They've got to give back during their events. That's what makes them different. But I think Mm -hmm. if there's another networking group that comes along and says, hey, we're going to start something, I would be so curious and would love to hear how they're going to differentiate themselves. That's going to convince them to go to this over young professionals of Westfield, for example.
0: Okay. So there
1: could be an opportunity. I just personally don't know how they would be able to stand out or offer something better than what we have now for young professionals
0: okay good stuff um, the last thing how uh, what do you have to say what do you hope for young people getting started today and um, just kind of your what do you have some advice for people to getting going especially young women and yeah. in, in the business world
1: Oh this is just my heart I was gonna say just call me text me <laughs> I'd love to help you and get coffee with you I've actually thought about starting a mentorship group with young women because I mentor three women. And so I'm, you know, on calls with them, meet with them. Um, and so I thought maybe it'd be fun to do like a big group. So I've actually thought about that. And if I do do that, I would love to talk with your daughter um, and have okay. her that group if she's interested. Um, I would say for a, you know, some some advice for a young woman would be listen to your parents. <laughs> I would say, I would say, listen to your parents. Um, uh-huh. you know, they, they, they know what's best for you. Um, mm-hmm. And then try to craft a vision for your life and just visualize who am I? Where do I see myself in three years? Where do I see myself after high school? Don't put so much pressure on yourself. I mean, I did, I graduated and didn't even know what I wanted to do when I was in college. So the yeah. first year I didn't even know what I wanted to do. So don't put so much pressure on yourself, but be open to, you changing and also doing something that people in your circle have never done before. So in my family, for example, none of them are entrepreneurs. And so when I had my idea for Goldie, they were all like, what? Mm -hmm. And especially with social media, they're like, I don't like, how can you make this a business? Are you going to make money? Are you okay? So I think also being confident in who you are and being able to say, hey, I'm going to do this. Even if no one's done it before me, I believe in myself and I know that it's going to work. So those are just a few things that I thought of off the top of my head. I maybe should have prepared for that one because I want to make sure that that I'm (laughs) encouraging them in the right way. But yeah, I would say, you know, listen to your parents is one. Um, Mm -hmm. create a vision for yourself and then be open to doing things that nobody in your circle has done before.
0: Mm -hmm. You are the first podcast I've ever done where someone said, listen to your parents.
1: (laughs) Really? I think Like your parents, like, so with my parents, it's like, they were amazing. Like if I didn't listen to them, like some things that they said, I was like, why am I doing this? But I'm so glad they taught me hard work. And if you don't like something, you can't just quit in the middle of the season. You're going to finish it out and you're going to do your best. And you're going to go to practice. They taught me, you know, hard working, being resilient, you know, getting up in the cold and doing this and going to basketball practice. Like. Um, All of that shapes who you are and that can shape your work ethic. So I had great parents. So so I'm saying listen to your parents because of my experience, but it's I don't awesome. know if
0: that's for everybody. No, I think that what I is interesting about it, it's just so simple. It's like mm-hmm. your parents probably have really looking back, you know, I'm old, but my parents are right on about 97% of the things they told me, even though I thought it was opposite. Right. So um, yeah, I think listen to your parents. It's just simple and um, Yeah, they
1: want what's best for you.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, thank you very much for being on the podcast. Um, We love what you're doing locally in Westfield um, and with the chamber. And I love your brand and all your stuff and your book and your inspiration for young ladies. So keep it up. And thank you.
1: Uh, Thank you. And I love the work that you're doing. And thank you so much for all the great things you're doing in Westfield, too. And thanks for having me on the podcast.
0: You're welcome. Thanks.
1: to subscribe, like, and follow.